Welcome to the Empowering Parents Podcast. I'm your host, Kimball Lewis. Our website is empoweringparents.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter and find all of our parenting content, including the Total Transformation Program, which is the number one child behavior program of all time. The Total Transformation Program was developed by child behavior expert James Lehman and is a practical step-by-step guide that provides solutions to the most difficult child behavior problems. You can sign up and begin the program today at empoweringparents.com. Our email address is mail at empoweringparents.com. We'd love to hear from you. Welcome, parents. Today, we're going to talk about the reasons for bad child behavior and why kids act out. This is important because understanding why they act out helps you understand the solutions that we provide in the Total Transformation Program. So James Lehman in the program teaches that Kids act out because they don't yet know how to solve problems effectively. Or to put it another way, they act out as an attempt to handle life's problems. And they continue to act out, frankly, because it's working for them. Although it's not a good problem-solving skill, it does work for them. But here's the truth. If you don't help your child find a better way to solve problems, then the acting out will continue and it will get worse. So does this sound familiar? You tell your teenage son he can't go out during the week, He kicks a hole in the wall before storming out of the house anyway. Or you ask your preteen daughter to change her inappropriate outfit. She throws a screaming fit and calls you a B-I-T-C-H. And this all happens in the morning before you even start the day. Or your 10-year-old wants to watch TV, but he needs to finish his homework. When you put your foot down, he rages and has an hour-long meltdown that leaves you feeling frustrated, exhausted, and helpless. Now, there, there are three types of problems that kids face. And keep in mind that there are many different kinds of problems kid and, kids encounter, and each looks a little different in terms of behavior. So, But these are the three main types of problem-solving challenges that you might see with your child. One is emotional problems. Everyone has moments of feeling angry, sad, frustrated, helpless, or excited. When you're a child who hasn't figured out how to deal with his emotions, having these feelings can bring on irritating or abusive acting out behavior. For example, instead of dealing appropriately or even reasonably well with being told no, your child has tantrums, curses at you, yells, or punches holes in the walls. They just don't know how to deal with this frustration, anxiety, all those, all those feelings that as adults we're used to, and as adults we have developed reasonable coping mechanisms for. But as a child, these are new things. They don't have coping mechanisms yet. They don't have the problem-solving skills to deal with those emotional problems. The second type of problem are social problems. Some kids don't get along well with others, particularly people their age. They don't know how to introduce themselves to someone, how to say no, or how to handle it if a peer doesn't like something they do. Bullies often lack social problem-solving skills and treat others poorly to compensate. A bully solves her problems at the expense of everyone else's sense of security. And then finally, there's functional problems. This is when your child has problems meeting responsibilities around the home, at school, or in the community. He might continually lose his schoolwork, refuses to do chores, talks out of turn in class or talks back to teachers, and lies about having his homework done. For example, your son may lie and tell you he did his homework in school. The next day, you tell him you want to check his work, but he didn't even bring it home. He says he forgot, yet another lie. Before you know it, the zeros are piling up and he keeps lying about his schoolwork night after night while his grades fall lower and lower. So the lying in this case is a functional problem. It's, it's how your child is dealing with the fact that 
he can't seem to get his homework done and doesn't know how to set aside and delay gratification in order to deal with with issues that are responsibilities. And these are for a lot of these kids, this is the first time they're actually facing real responsibilities in life and they don't know how to deal with it. And you know, most kids, most kids figure it out eventually, but some kids just have have a problem figuring this out and they turn to the acting out as their go-to behavior. And it and it works for them because if you think about it, with in the homework example, if your child acts out enough or or continues not do their homework. Sometimes parents, and this happens a lot, we hear from parents on this, they throw their arms up, they stop even trying, they say, why do I, why do I even bother? And for the, from the child's standpoint, problem solved, no one's hassling him or her about their homework anymore. Uh, but again, that's not a good problem solving life skill. Uh, it may work at home when you're in eighth grade or ninth grade, but when you go out in the real world, you're gonna get fired, you're gonna have, you're gonna have issues. So you don't want your child having this as their go-to problem solving skill. So the best way to start teaching your child better problem-solving skills is to have a conversation initially about a particular incident. Do this after things have calmed down and before you talk about consequences. Your goal here is to identify the problem, teach your child how to solve it more effectively next time, and then hold your child accountable, not to punish him and make him miserable, but to teach him the correct way to solve problems and to ensure that the ineffective problem-solving skills no longer work for them. And what I mean by that is when they, when they employ the ineffective problem-solving skills, they get a consequence as a result and not a reward. So find a quiet time to sit down with your child and talk. If your child refuses to participate without being abusive or refuses to p- participate at all, then put one privilege on hold until you get through a calm cooperative conversation. And here are some tips to get you started. First of all, don't ask your child why they misbehave. Why invites excuses and blame. Ask deeper questions to identify the problem, such as what were you thinking when, or what were you trying to accomplish by? This works well both for elementary school kids and teens. Some kids, especially those in preschool and early elementary school, might have difficulty answering these questions. They may not know why they are misbehaving. If your younger child is overtired and fighting with his sister, don't ask him why. Instead, tell him why. Tell him he's overtired. You can say to him, look, you're not getting along with your sister because you're overtired. Go to your room, take a nap, and when you get up, you'll feel better. Younger kids will develop the ability to talk about their thoughts more as they grow older. But if you try to force them to talk about their thoughts and they don't have the language or understanding to talk about them effectively, it's just going to cause frustration. Uh, it's also helpful to focus on one issue at a time. Talk about one problem and one problem only during your conversation with your child. Don't bring up something that happened two weeks ago or something else your child did today that upset you. If your child brings up another incident, let them know you'll talk about that later. Tackling too many problems at once usually only results in frustration on your part because it's overwhelming to address them all at the same time. You're going to want to identify what we call replacement behaviors for your child. That is, talk to your child about what they will do differently the next time this problem comes up. Allow your child to try to come up with an idea on her own. Make some suggestions if she's struggling. Perhaps you decide that when you tell your daughter she can't do something, she can go to her room and write in a journal instead of screaming and calling you names. Or maybe you decide that she might ask herself, if it's worth it to scream at you and call you names or tell herself, look, it isn't the end of the world if I can't wear this skirt to school. 
Also, don't accept wishful thinking responses from your child. When you ask your child what he will do differently next time, many kids will give you an answer based on wishful thinking, such as, I just won't do it again, or I'll do better. Wishful thinking is a type of faulty thinking that indicates your child truly believes he can do something without really putting thought or effort into it. Get your child to be more specific. You can ask him, how will you stop cursing at me? What will I see you doing instead? And let them think about what that looks like. You also want to be a role model for your child. Remember, kids study us for a living. If you yell and curse, your child will yell and curse as well. Act the way you want your children to act. Observation is a key learning method for kids, especially younger ones, so be aware of this. You are the most important role model in your child's life. Even if he acts like you aren't, make sure you play that role well. And remember, kids may hear what we say, but they listen to what we do. How will we know if this is working? You know, many parents have unrealistic expectations about the problem-solving process. They talk to us during parent coaching after trying once, disappointed that it didn't work and that their child turned right around and did it again. And this is extremely frustrating, but it's no surprise. When kids are caught in the heat of the moment, it's hard for them to remember the conversation you had a few days ago or even earlier that day. The replacement behavior you talked about is right there on the surface, but it hasn't sunk in yet. The negative behaviors that have become habits are like well-worn grooves, and it's easier for your child to fall into one of them like they have a hundred times before. After all, these are old, comfortable behaviors that have been learned and reinforced for years, while the new behavior hasn't. So be prepared for the fact that you will need to be your child's coach. Give him a brief reminder about what he's supposed to do instead and then walk away. You might also need to experiment with several different replacement behaviors to find one that fits. This is a process. For example, some kids cool down best with a bike ride or some exercise, getting out of the house, and some like to listen to music in their room. Listen to your instincts. You know your child best. And as always, you want to be persistent in addressing your child's behavior. This process isn't easy. There will be times when you take some steps backwards or maybe you'll go off, you'll start off really slowly and you won't feel like you're getting anywhere. But rest assured that there's light at the end of the tunnel. We've talked with many parents through parent coaching who felt helpless and frustrated but were able to stick with it. You know, we've seen them make phenomenal progress with their child and themselves and they've restored peace to their homes. It's important to focus on the positive and look for even the smallest improvements. Keep talking about what can be done differently and stay positive. Give your child some verbal recognition of noticeable effort and change when it happens. When you have a child with behavior problems, they're constantly getting corrected, whether at home or in school. So when they do something right, you need to point it out to them. Don't, don't make a big deal about it. Just be very businesslike about it. But point out to them and say, look, I like the way you handled this yesterday when your when your sister made you frustrated give them feedback so that when they do something positive they're aware of it incentive systems and reward charts are also helpful ways to reinforce replacement behaviors positive verbal recognition and earning earning incentives help keep you on track to create some long-term behavior changes and continue to do your best and take one small step at a time as you go through the process of having problem-solving discussions and coaching your child you'll see that he gradually uses those replacement behaviors more and more with less coaching from you. And as kids get better at solving various problems on their own, most will start to feel better about themselves. 
you know, James Lehman teaches in the Total Transformation Program that you can you can't feel your way to better behavior, but you can behave your way to better feelings. And kids who don't feel good about themselves will actually feel better about themselves when they start behaving better. Now, before we wrap up, as I often like to do, let's take a moment and listen to James Lehman on this topic from the Total Transformation Program. Here's James. A lot of behavior that we see in kids is because they're not solving the problems that they're facing from being a kid. Sometimes kids have learning disabilities. Sometimes kids have behavior problems. Sometimes kids have been victims of abuse or neglect. And what happens is that inhibits their ability to solve problems in life. The acting out behavior compensates for that. Instead of knowing how to comply and deal with their own anxiety and frustration in a situation, they use acting out to substitute that skill. So they use behavior in place of the skills that they haven't developed. And what happens with ineffective parenting styles is that there's no pressure on them to develop those skills. So they continue to use behavior. When you rely on behavior to solve your problems, what tends to happen is as the problems get bigger, the behavior gets worse. Mm. So the larger the problem that the kid has to cope with, like dealing with complex social situations like school or doing homework or putting off immediate gratification, not playing the video game now, doing the chore now, the kid's behavior gets stronger and stronger and stronger or worse and worse and worse, however you want to think about it. Thank you, James. Parents, please keep in mind that if you have a child with significant behavior problems, and you probably do if you're taking the time to listen to these podcasts, then it usually isn't just one tip or trick that turns things around. For challenging kids, you need a comprehensive approach in how you deal with them. From the consequences you give them, to how you speak to them, to how you respond to their behavior. And the Total Transformation Program is that comprehensive approach, which is why we continually advocate for the program here on this podcast. Thank you for listening. Talk to you next week. Parents, if you like our content, please visit empoweringparents.com and sign up today for the Total Transformation Program. Total Transformation is the instruction manual for dealing with children and teenagers who are mouthy, disrespectful, or resistant to authority. In this step-by-step program, James and Janet Lehman show you how to change your child's behavior and take back control of your family with the exact techniques they used for over 30 years to get kids to behave appropriately. And when you sign up, add the parent coaching option and schedule your first coaching phone call today. Thank you for listening to the Empowering Parents podcast. Talk to you soon.